1: And I give up forever to touch you Social distancing Cause I know that you'd feel me somehow I don't think so You're the closest to heaven that I'll ever be That's true And
0: I don't wanna go home right now Go home
1: now all I can taste is this moment That sounds wrong And all I can breathe is your life Where's your mask? When sooner or later it's over, it's over, it's over. I just don't want to miss you tonight. You know what I miss? Good singing. (laughs) Did you blow something? um, Yeah, almost. You got a vein.
0: (laughs) I almost. (laughs) I got to change my pants. (laughs) That was a little too. I pushed too hard. Oh, don't do that. I'm out of shape. The Rona's got me down.
1: I'll do those guys do it
0: Welcome everybody uh, Thank you so much for joining us We are back Back streets back All right That's right uh, Now we just blew speakers We just blew everybody's speakers You know We're back It's your favorite podcast It's Thoughts That Rock Where we exchange two pieces of life-changing advice Whether you like it
1: or not And we do that in
0: like I don't know
1: 30 40 minutes, whatever we I've, feel.
0: I've lost complete track of time and space. <laughs> it so, has been like six weeks. It, it
1: has. I mean, we returned last week with Randy Ross, and uh, that's awesome. But, yep. uh, you know, we're still getting uh, we're getting our sea legs back. We're getting back into the jam. We are. It's pretty excited. We are. Listen, whatever format you're listening to the show doesn't really matter to us. If it's, Mm -hmm. I don't know, Apple Podcasts or Podbean Podbean Podbean. or Stitcher or whatever's working for you, doesn't matter to us. We would love it if you just took a second and give us a rating and even better, a review, like a written narrative review. Just take a second to just say you like it or you don't. Put your fifth grade education to to the (laughs) test, (laughs) Right, Right, exactly. I this like good. I like show. Yes, whatever. Show rocks. Matter. Listen. <laughs> we would love that. That'll, that'll help put us in front of some people to help us grow the That's show. That's going to grow our fantastic.
0: viewership to 24 people. So listen, Thoughts That Rock supports Cannonball Kids Cancer. You know we do. Their fight uh, for finding treatment options for kids who've been told that there are no more options. So um, please join us in helping CKC identify and fund alternative treatments. We would love it. Check them out at cannonballkidscancer.com
1: org Yeah, they're spectacular. And listen, we know how busy you are too. Yep. I mean, you're you got super a lot of busy. things going on. I say you're super busy, but really you're <laughs> sitting around. Sitting There's the nothing to do. You've run out of Cheetos. You're listening to podcasts, at <laughs> least right? <I'm> Podbean, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We get it. I mean, even if you're just sitting around eating yeah. Cheetos on Podbean, <laughs> right? My you know, trying to find some uh, <laughs> some nuggets of wisdom. They're probably hard to come by it honestly doesn't even matter what you're doing right now. It doesn't. You could be sunbathing on a rooftop. Ow. Maybe you're riding a ten speed down the Oregon coast. Or maybe you're watching over a flock of sheep on a mountainside. <coughs> a little black sheep reference there. Oh, doesn't like really it. matter. We just want to be the 30 minutes you've been looking forward to all week. Let's do it. <coughs> Rock on. <laughs> Our guest today is my good friend Ty Bennett. Who is an awesome speaker and author, and actually the founder of Leadership Inc. or is it Leadership Inc. or Leadership Incorporated? How would you say that, Ty? I
2: would say Leadership Inc. Leadership so let's Inc. Let's go
1: with that. All right, perfect. It's nice and short too. Yeah. And if anybody uh, wants to check that out, it's a it's a fantastic speaking and training company with a mission to empower individuals and organizations to challenge their status quo. And also to cultivate exceptional relationships and compete in the extraordinary ways that uh, Ty helps him get to that next level. Ty, first off, welcome to Thoughts That Rock.
2: Hey, thanks for having me. It's fun to be on here with both of you. Yeah. I'm just excited to uh, listen to the intro song is mostly why I chose
1: <laughs> That's the main reason you accepted, basically. <laughs> That's yeah, <right>. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. And, and one thing we can also talk about, uh, and I'll do this in a little bit, uh, Ty's also a great podcaster, so he's in the business, so uh, also very exciting. We're going to have, uh, basically, Ty's full bio posted in the show notes, but just a, a few cool highlights I thought would be awesome to mention. Right out of the gate... At the, uh, the really old age of 21 years old, Ty and his brother built a direct sales business and ultimately created like a $20 million business in annual revenue, um, helped sales managers fine-tune their sales and leadership skills. So you come right out of the gate, brand with that, and it's like, boom. Everything else Lazy. is downhill, I right? Hate the laziness. Laziness right? <laughs> I hate the laziness. I hate the laziness. <laughs> it's just crazy. He's obviously, uh, he's traveled the world speaking to tens of thousands of audience members from some of the most recognizable brands on the planet. He's the best-selling author, as I mentioned, of three books, Partnership is the New Leadership, The Power of Influence, and The Power of Storytelling. He's the host of The Relevant Leadership Podcast, which I've been lucky enough to be uh, featured on in one of the episodes. And man, he's just influenced so many leaders to just think differently about their business and be more productive. And uh you know, we're expecting big things from you, Ty, basically, is how this is going to get out. <laughs> we need some leadership nuggets. My first question is, what are you doing here? <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> this, I, uh, it's the song intro. You already is. said it is.
2: It's the song intro, and I remember years ago giving a speech at an event and looking out in the audience and seeing a guy with just the craziest hair sticking straight up, and I it just kind of threw me off my game the whole time, just seeing this guy's hair <laughs> And so afterwards, I had to introduce myself to Jim Knight, and uh, we've become friends over the years. And it's it, it's been fun to get to know both of you. And yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
1: No, it's great, man. And actually, that's why we don't do the video podcast. We don't want to make our guests uncomfortable It's <laughs> yeah, all there on you. Guys, so <laughs> it's perfect. Every it makes time, sense. every time I see a clip
0: of Ty, <laughs> he's like speaking in an arena somewhere. Yeah, and I'm going, what am I doing with my life? Right. I'm right. sitting here in tinfoil studios looking at Jim Knight and he is, you know, basically with Shakira and, you know, the rest of the arena type acts that are out there doing the, not, not that he dances like Shakira, although, you I, haven't seen me I, I, dance, I, I, I could pull that
1: off. <laughs> my, my hips actually do not move. <laughs> that is, they lie. Sure. is they, what you They They actually saying. do lie. They do lie. Yes. So, Ty, uh, you know, versus the traditional interview that you probably see on a lot of other podcasts, uh, we, we don't do a long interview format. We get right to the heart of the matter, and we're, we're constantly looking for our audience to get these uh, pieces of advice. So, brother, we're going to leave the floor open to you. What is your thought that rocks?
0: And
2: Rock, number, number one Well I love the format. So my thought that rocks is it's not about you, it's about other people.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. It's not about you, it's about other people. Why okay. would you say that? So
2: where this came from for me was actually direct advice I received from Stephen Covey. Uh, yeah. Uh So author of Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, The Eighth Habit, and a few other books, world-renowned thought leader. Unfortunately, Stephen Covey passed away about six years ago. Uh, But as my career was transitioning from being an entrepreneur into wanting to write and speak, I had a chance to get to know Stephen Covey. Uh, I live in Utah. Stephen Covey lived in Utah at the time. And actually, the very first conversation I ever had with him, he shared this advice. Uh, he was hosting a political event at his home, mm-hmm. and a mutual friend invited me to the event with the purpose of meeting Stephen Covey. And so, well, after I made a large donation, I was invited <laughs> to go to the event. And and so, I, I went to this event. He has this big, beautiful home on the side of the mountain here in Utah. And, and we walk in, we're mingling with a few people, and after a few minutes, my friend Kevin comes over and he goes, Ty, let me introduce you to Stephen. So, he walks me over to Stephen Covey. And I... I was so excited to meet Stephen (laughs) Covey, right? And uh, Kevin introduced me to Stephen by saying, Stephen, this is Ty Bennett. Ty's writing a book. And Stephen said, Ty, thanks for being here. Uh, Grateful you'd come. He said, Ty, what's the title of your book? And I said, it's called The Power of Influence. It was my first book. And he said, I like that. That's a good title. He said, can I give you some advice? (laughs) And I was like... Yeah. Can I write it down? <laughs> you know, I, And uh, what Stephen Covey said was this. He said, Ty, make sure you write the book for the reader, not the writer. Hmm. And I said, what do you mean by that? And he said, you know, a book that's written for the writer, for their own ego to build themselves up. He said that book, it's just not going to go very far. He said, but a book that's written for the the reader to teach, to inspire, to help people. He said that book is gonna be a home run and then it's like he got this train of thought going and he he looked at me and said ty i'm a lot older than you at that point he was in his late 60s i was in my late 20s and he said i think we go through life and we think life is about achievement right what's the next step what's the next goal and he said maybe it's with age i don't know but somewhere you figure out that life is actually about contribution it's about how can i serve how can i give man and that was Just literally, the whole conversation. That was my first conversation with Stephen Covey, and I thought about it for years and replayed that scene in my mind over and over again. And yeah, I think it's great advice if you're going to write a book. You write a book for the reader, not the writer. But this idea of of contribution about focusing on others, about not making about yourself, I think applies to virtually everything we do. If we want to be influential, right? If you're going to be a leader, it's about your people. If you're Doing a podcast, it's about the listener. If you're giving a speech, it's about your audience. If you're a teacher, it's about your students. It's always about them. And I think where we get ourselves in trouble, or where we screw up most often, is we make things all about us.
1: Yeah, that is awesome. I mean, first off, um, that that what a great moment to get a chance to meet him, you know, and probably one of your business heroes. And uh, I'm I'm pretty sure you and I had shared this before that. I also had a chance to meet him several times, not only having him come in and do some stuff at Hard Rock, but doing some second level when he was working on principle-centered leadership that was out at the time, but they were doing courses out there. But I got certified to teach seven habits of highly effective people in Utah, got to meet Blaine Lee. Um, but I think the first time I met Stephen, he probably said my lavalier's not working. I think he thought I was with the with the AV crew. Um, we, we probably didn't have the in depth conversation initially that you did. Yeah, you know, but I have heard you. I've heard you say before. You've used this line that I remember, um, and maybe you still do this in your sessions. You say it's more important to be interested than interesting. And I don't know if that's a Ty Bennett original, or if you got that from somebody else, but that does follow along with the exact same mantra that you're talking about, about it being about others, correct?
2: For sure. Yeah. I think that's one of the ways that we can apply that. Right. And for me, it's a good reminder of uh, just how you want to approach conversations, how you want to approach interactions. And uh, it's, it's it almost seems counterintuitive, but when we make things about other people, when we ask questions, when we truly listen, we actually grow in their eyes. Like we come across more interesting, right? It works better in terms of connection and influence and engagement. And so, uh, yeah, I I think we all get caught up in those moments of we want to have the spotlight on us. We want it to be all about us. But one of the more effective approaches is to make it about other people.
1: Yeah. So Brant and I have this conversation all the time, and maybe this is a question we can pose to you. How do you do that as a speaker? You know, and I, I, I sort of preface it because, you know, here we are feeling like we're rock stars and we actually do, you know, sort of parlay this, this attitude when we're on stage, you've got to have that swagger in a lot of ways, the spotlights on you and the audience you know, looks to glean all these insights from your knowledge and your experiences, and it, it's you know, it's showmanship, right, Brand? And like, how do you, how do you sort of make it about others? But there's a little bit of you got to make it about you too to sort of get them to think. I want to be able to either do what he or she is doing, or learn from them, or whatever it is. I don't know. Is that a, you know, I start with you, Brand, but then throw it back over to Ty. Is that a fine line? You think? Well, I, I, I think the thing that I would relate it to the most is. You know, when I
0: first sort of started um, in the music business and did a lot of worship leading at church, Mm -hmm. uh, there was always this fine line of, is it performance or is it worship? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think that for me, it always boiled down to the position of your heart. And if your heart's in the right place, then you're always going to be able to serve Mm-hmm. those that, That's that, that you're trying to do. Um, it becomes, even though it technically is a performance, uh, it doesn't come off like a performance if your heart is, is in the right place. And I, th- I think it's the same thing when you're, when you're trying to serve others, if you're serving for, for selfish reasons, um, your heart's never in the right place. Yeah. And so you have to make sure that your heart's in that place so that it comes across as authentic and real and organic and all those things that you want it to be. And, um, you know, I think speaking on stage is the same thing. You know, I always approach it as, uh, I want life changing transformation. That's what I want. Mm -hmm. And I can't do that by myself. (laughs) I need to serve the audience in a way that makes them walk away, questioning everything. And that, that to me is always the position of my heart when I take the stage and, you know, I've, we all have, good gigs and bad gigs and stuff that we wish we would have said or opportunities that we missed, um, you know, while we are in the moment or whatever it might be. But I never try to second guess myself as long as my heart's in the right place. Yeah. Uh, and know that, um, if that is the case, that gives me the best opportunity to to have the impact that I'm looking for. Is that sort of what you have found as well, Ty?
2: Well, yeah, I, I think what you said there is beautiful. Uh, and I think it does come down to, uh, you know, our approach, our intent, um, I am writing another book right now and there's a, a, a chapter that I, I'm delineating between what I've found is the only difference between manipulation and influence. And think about those two words, right? Yeah. yeah. There, uh, one has a very negative connotation. One has a very positive connotation. Mm-hmm. The only difference between the two and is this strategy is not different you can use. And here's where this stood out to me. I gave a speech you mentioned before I wrote a book called the power of storytelling. I gave a speech for a uh, state conference of women lawyers, which is like the worst audience ever. Uh, <laughs> as a side note, <laughs> They're just like cynical, like not excited. I don't know, but
1: they're a so sponsor of the about... show, but that's fine. Keep
0: Yes. Yes. So we're done. <laughs>
2: no. That would be hilarious (laughs) if you guys are like, brought to you by the Women Lawyers Association.
1: One day we will have them.
2: (laughs) So uh, I'm talking about storytelling, and afterwards I'm doing a book signing, and this woman comes up to me and says, your speech scared the crap out of me. And Mm -hmm. I was like, whoa, do tell, I've never heard that response. And she said, I prosecute con men and Ponzi scheme People who start Ponzi schemes and they do exactly what you just said,
0: hmm.
2: and I was like, "Yeah, that's probably true." Yeah. So the only difference between using the principles I teach on storytelling for good reasons or for a Ponzi scheme, I guess, is intent, right? Yeah. And so I think where your heart is matters. Uh, when you asked that question originally, Jim, I what came across in my mind is I always think about how do I make this connect with the audience? How do I give them something they can use? And how do I tell stories that, yeah, they're my stories, but bring them into those stories that they can experience and adopt those stories as their own and have it feel like a conversation because at the end of the day, what I would rather have happen as nice as it is to have somebody come up after a speech and say, you are so good. That was amazing. You're so talented, which I've never had, but if that, I can imagine (laughs) how great that would sound. But what I'd rather have is them say, I love this point. I can use this or I'm going to go back and change the way I approach this or like I, that, to me, means there was a connection and a transference of something, right? I and and so it is. It's a fine line. I think what Brand said about the approach, I think, makes all the difference.
0: Yeah. It so for me, you know, this really leads to the juxtaposition of, of the second thought, which I I'm dying to sort of get your feedback on Ty, which is, you know, our, our thought this week comes from uh, the music world. Uh, from a, a singer, songwriter, Julia Michaels, young, a young woman who has been killing it in the last few years, uh, written hits for so many other people before finding a few of her own. Um, but, you know, I, the music business is a selfish business. And, um, and so the thought that, that she shares is this
1: Four Rock, number two.
0: I write songs for myself, but I never keep them. They're like therapy. They're like therapy. Once they're out of my body, uh, I want to give it to somebody else so they can use it for their therapy too. And so, this idea, you know, at least as a songwriter for the last, you know, twenty years of my life or so, um, I have met songwriters who write songs first and foremost for themselves, and if it connects with somebody else, great. But if it doesn't, it wasn't meant for them in the first place. Um, and I've, I've seen others who write specifically sort of for everyone else and not themselves. And and it's a difficult balance because the ones that come from a selfish place are honest <laughs> and they are real and they have, um, you know, a history to them that, that has been lived. And when you, when you are vulnerable enough to share those sort of inner hurts, um, those are the songs that connect the most and and so i think it's interesting that oftentimes the best way to serve the audience is to start by looking inward and being honest about what you're going to share would you agree with that
2: yeah actually i really love that and i think you hit the perfect word right at the end there when you said it was the vulnerability right mm-hmm. i think i think the only approach you can take and I I get using the word selfish, but I don't, I don't see it as selfish. I see it as honest. I see it as real because if I'm going to come at, you know, I I speak on leadership and influence. If I'm going to come at that from, I'm just observing everybody and I've got this all figured out. There's not a lot that's well true. It's not true. Uh, So that doesn't work, but it's also not very relatable. Right. And so for me sharing stories, like what I just said, where, I had somebody come up after my speech and say, you just scared the crap out of me yeah. like that. That's a real story. And then learning from it and going, yeah, that's true. Right. Let's talk about intent for a minute, because you can use the same techniques of storytelling and manipulate people because you're a horrible person. Yeah. Right. Or you can use them to do good things. Um, I, I think I'm a big believer that what connects in from just a storytelling perspective which songs are you know in the same way is the idea of struggle to solution mm-hmm. right it's it's in those struggles it's in the authenticity it's in the the re- realness of opening ourselves up that we find power and that's i think what needs to be shared more than anything else and so yeah i think that's it's an interesting perspective i think there's so many correlate i have found you know how lately there's been like a billion movies of song songwriters yeah. Oh, that, yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, they've, and, and some awesome, awesome ones. I've found myself on Delta planes lately watching all of those movies. <laughs> and, uh, it, I think it's such an interesting corollary to what I do and what we do as speakers. I mean, you guys actually perform, so you have talent, but I just <laughs> travel around and talk and, but it's the same kind of idea. You know, you're trying to create something, and you do have to dive deep into you and start to understand your struggles and reality in a way that you can share with with people. And it, I don't know, it just opens up a different world when we go deeper. And you know, I think the best songs do that, but I think the best speakers do too. I think, I think that's what we connect with. You know, it's human to human. I. I've often told people and I, we're just going off on speaking. I don't really know why. But I, I think there's an interesting thing that I find in what I do is that there's kind of two audiences I'm serving. So you have like the executive leadership team that's going to say, let's bring in Ty because we want to increase, you know, leadership or whatever. And so there's a bottom line centric message to that. Mm-hmm. But then at the end of the day, I don't care who the audience is. I don't care where in the world I am. What I have found is that people are people. Mm-hmm. They all laugh at the same stuff. They all cry at the same stuff. They respond pretty similarly in many ways. And so reaching that human part of the people that you're in front of, I think, is the idea of what you're talking about. And, and I, that's the challenge. And to do that, the only way I've found to do that is to try and reach the human part of me and share that.
0: Yeah.
1: So that's why I don't think it's it's not a one or the other. I mean, this yeah. is why I think Brent, when you when you were initially looking at this, you know, you would probably think there's a huge juxtaposition, but I think it's both. I, I remember, you know, I, I, there was a piece in scripture I could not remember. I had to go and look it up. I don't do a lot of reading in Philippians, but there was this one quote that was in there that said, "Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others." And I think both interests basically can be served but perhaps starting from the inside, like you said, you know, first, if you're doing that, then it probably could go outward. And, and you sort of, you think about both of these, these, um, th- this mentality. And I do think, you know, maybe it is showmanship. You know, that's why I asked you the question about speaking and it's okay. Cause I do think people can still do the same analogy. I love using band and brand analogies. The reason we do that music orientation is because there's a lot to learn from that. I think in our own world, I have to believe that somebody like a Julia Michaels like you know we're we're picking that particular artist. You know, she was doing all this work for other people and she was happy to write songs for you know Lady Gaga and Demi Lovato yeah. and and Justin Bieber, but at some point she said, "Geez, I want to start writing and performing for myself." And especially, you know, the, her big hit Issues out there really resonated with a lot of people including my oldest daughter Madison. It was a big deal to hear that song. And I don't know you know, maybe it would have come across well from somebody else performing that song, but the fact that it came from Julia Michaels and mm-hmm. she has and had issues, I think it really allowed somebody to put themselves in in her spot. And it's it's really the the power of storytelling. You're the master at this tie, but I, I think this is where it serves both interests. You can do a little bit about yourself, put people in your place, take them along for the journey, and it's still about them, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah that uh, I, I think you're right. I don't, I don't think, well, you go back to the advice that Stephen Covey gave. I think we approach it wrong in many instances, but I do think what you just shared, Jim, is, is true. When we approach it, that it's a win-win, we're going to serve, you know, them and our, and our focus is there. It's not just a selfish intention. Then it kind of all works out and we serve, we serve both the parties Well,
0: yeah. Yeah. I think I think for me, it, you know, part of the storytelling side of it is and I and I think Ty this is really one of the things that that you talk about and and you encourage is it's one thing to read somebody a story. It's another thing to hand them a pen and tell them to write themselves into the story. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the big difference, right? I mean, it's one thing to stand on the stage and whether I'm singing and, and performing with the band, um, it's another thing to break it all down, tell the band to stop playing and let the audience sing. Um, and when that happens, it's such a moving powerful moment that it just takes over the space. And, and it's, it's because they decided to pick up the pen and write themselves into that moment. And that's, um, I I think that for me, at least being on stage, those are the most powerful things. And as an audience member, those are the things you remember the most. And so, you know, rather than just, I look at this as you know, going back to to the original thought of really not being about you um, and writing a book for the reader and not the writer, um, it's the same sort of a thing. It's you got to not just write the book but give them an opportunity to write themselves into the narrative in a powerful way that, that has the potential to change their life. Mm-hmm.
2: I like how you said that. Yeah, I'm gonna steal that. That's really
0: good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's a freebie. That one's that one's free. That you one's charge free. me for all well, kinds of stuff. You know, it's your hair. You know, I remember um, w- when I first moved into training and development when I was at Hard Rock. We we grew up on some pretty stodgy training manuals, and uh, I just remember they were they were not very exciting. And I had I had grown up on comic books, and I thought. If I ever had a chance to get my hands on these things, I'm going to change all the print. And back then, it wasn't easy, by the way, to just drop in a bunch of photos and graphics. Like it was really tough and it was all Mac based and, you know, it was a pain in the butt. But I thought if I ever got a hold of that, I'm going to get rid of as many words and make it look like a comic book. And I remember replacing pages and pages and pages of text. And I just slammed it with so many graphics and photographs, a lot of times of the people that were actually doing the, the work my muse, my reader, if you will, was always in my mind, the lowest line level position, whatever that is in some company and restaurants, it's probably, you know, like a dishwasher or a busser in the hotel space. It was always the housekeeper. And I thought here's somebody who maybe isn't as educated, maybe has, let's say English as a second language. What can I do to help them out? And if I could fill the thing up with photographs, you know, I'm going to help people what regardless of what their language is, Mm -hmm. regardless if they had some sort of learning disability or dyslexia or whatever. And those things became, you know, we, we even, we called them the guides to greatness. We even elevated the name of it and we made it a big deal. And I just remember, uh, you know, at least one time that a a busser would come up to me and say, I use that thing as a coffee table book at home because they were so (laughs) proud of it. And I'm going, that's pretty cool. And I, and I guess I'm trying to combine the two thoughts here. And I think about Ty, your thought about saying, It's about others. I wanted it to be something they would be proud of, but it did. I think maybe not selfishly. If my heart was in the right place, I'm going. I don't want people to learn the way that I learned. I want to make it exciting in the world that I grew up in, which is around comic books. So, you know, that goes back to what you're saying. It's got to be a little bit self-serving, right, Brant, You know, first, and then you can push it out to everybody else. It's the only way you're going to stay engaged Mm -hmm. if if you're not feeding yourself
0: (laughs) um, in in a healthy way. Uh, Why on earth would you want to stay committed to whatever, whatever it is you're doing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So Ty, you, you talked about this, uh, this fourth book, what, um, have you got a name for it? What, What is it that you're working on?
2: So the working title, uh, right now is leader of leaders. Uh, so it's not the power being...
1: of manipulation you you decided <laughs> no, no, not no, to no. go with that <laughs>
2: uh, we I, it, we kicked it around for a while but, uh,
1: <laughs> it fell on the floor that's, yeah, right. I got that's it. right yeah
2: so i'm uh, sorry what well, was no, it again
1: it, i stomped on your title it,
2: that's okay leader of leaders mentoring with confidence so mm. uh, my last book is, was called partnership is the new leadership and and it's really how to lead in today's world and and the question that kept coming back is okay where this leads is building leaders on our team. How do you, how do you specifically mentor? How do you day to day grow leadership within your organization? And so that's really what the book is about. So it's coming along, uh, you know, I mean, writing a book, it's not the fastest process, especially right now for me, I don't know why, but it's just not moving as fast as I need it to just, I've been busy and you know, get on your plate, but, uh, it's, it's moving along pretty well. And, so yeah, I'm excited for that to come out. That'll be uh, book number
1: five. Nice, congratulations! And you are busy. I mean, we didn't we talked a little bit about this uh, before we jumped on the uh, on the interview. But between your Monday morning mantras, between you know the podcast, now you're having baby this, number five yes. is on the way. I don't know when we'll actually air this episode, but congratulations! <laughs> you got a lot going on in your life, brother
2: yeah so uh, if the if you guys are backed up and this doesn't come out till august then we'll uh, probably have a baby but uh <laughs> yeah we're uh we're crazy people over here in utah so yeah. we're having a fifth baby and uh we just found out it's a boy
1: congratulations so
2: yeah we'll end up with three boys and two girls and uh, my personal hope is that we are done, but you know, I thought that last time. So
1: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you've got a full starting five now. So yes, I mean, yeah. that's great. That's right. It's got a yeah, whole team exactly. of American Ninja warriors. That out is there, correct. Which I know your, your kids <laughs> are involved. <laughs> that in. That is correct. Well, brother, we can't thank you enough for just, uh, taking a few moments to spend, uh, uh you know, just some time to give our audience a little nuggets of wisdom and, uh, I think this is always a, a great opportunity. I mean, certainly we're, again, going to have all of your information in the show notes. You know, we really encourage people to go and check out everything that Ty has, his books, you know, regular information on, uh, on uh, Monday mornings and then obviously on, on the podcast as well. And it's called the, uh, the Relevant Leadership Podcast. And uh, Ty, where can people stay in touch with you?
2: I'm pretty easy to find if you just go to either tybennett com or search Ty Bennett on any social media. Pretty active on, on all of those platforms. So love to connect with anybody. Uh, like you mentioned, the podcast you can find on, on anywhere where you get your podcast. So uh, go back and listen to the one I interviewed Jim Knight and Grant. Uh, we're gonna need to get you on there too.
1: Absolutely, would love it. All right, buddy, you're the best man. We really appreciate it, and uh, we hope to see you down the road.
0: Cool. Thanks, time, right. man. Thank
1: you. Rock on. Bye bye.
0: Hey, Rockstars, thanks so much for tuning in. If
1: you like what you've heard, please subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode. Yeah, and if you're interested in having Brant or me or both of us speak at your event, we both used to be exclusively represented by Kepler Speakers. But now it's just me. Brant is on his own. So to hire Brant, good luck getting a hold of him. For me or both of us, contact us directly at thoughtsthatrock.com. Until next time, rock on. on!